Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 70, recorded October 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, Bosnian Bill retires, safe cracking on Netflix, Black Bag reviews the little black book of lockpicking, Washington's safe cracking star, copying the uncopyable stealth key, is best A a Schleg D? Conan tries to get a fan to teach him to lockpick. An anti-angle grinder bike lock, Speedlocks tournament update, two more black belts meetups, including the Shellcon lockpicking village schedule, a locksmith story, criminals, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. If you don't already have one, you can find a Podcasting 2.0 compatible app at newpodcastapps.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube or Odyssey. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. YouTube and some apps limit the length of show notes and links, but you can always find the full show notes with all of the links at thelocksportscast.com. First up in the news... Uh, back in episode 67, I think, I discussed a book called Little Black Book of Lockpicking, and that book has been reviewed on Tool's Black Bag blog, so you can head over there and check that out. There'll be a link in the show notes. Next up, uh, this one I've actually been sitting on for a while, but Army of Thieves is coming to Netflix later this month. Seems a safe cracker locksmith might be part of the cast. The Army of Darkness prequel sees the return of safecracker Ludwig Dieter and tells his origin story before the zombie apocalypse. Zack Snyder, who has co-written the script with Shay Hatton, has confirmed the film will be released globally on the streaming platform on October 29th. A synopsis of the film reads, In this prequel to Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, Small-town bank teller Dieter gets drawn into adventure of a lifetime when a mysterious woman recruits him to join a crew of Interpol's most wanted criminals attempting to heist a sequence of legendary impossible-to-crack safes across Europe. And Snyder previously described the movie as a romantic comedy heist film. So I'll have a link to an article about that in the show notes. And sounds like you'll be able to check it out later, well, at the end of this month. And in a story out of the the Oregonian, their Oregon Live website, there was a story titled, When It Comes to Cracking Safes, This Camus Man is a Star. And it says, one of the nation's best-known safe crackers lives in Camus, but he's not a thief looking for big scores or takedowns. And Camus is just across the Columbia River in Washington there, if I recall correctly. So the subject of the article is Dave McComey. The article has a quote here by Richard Caldwell, a safe technician for Portland's Alasta Lock and Safe Company, says he's the guru. He's forgotten more than most of us know. Dave's the person someone flies out to New York City for the tough job that no one else can do. Dave is sought out by individuals and companies to open safes and vaults across the country. He's written 24 technical books on safes and vaults. And his latest book we discussed in episode 56 is a little different. It's the story of how a 15-year-old kid obsessed with locks became a star in an esoteric world of professional safecrackers. His story. Says, for more than 30 years, McComey wrote a column for the National Locksmith Magazine. Since 1992, he has run 
a safe cracking club where industry professionals share ideas and technical support about opening vaults and safes. And for the past 35 years, he has traveled the country teaching advanced safe opening classes to locksmiths. Individuals and company executives come to him because of four scenarios. A family guy inherits a safe with no combination. A company employee damages a safe, making it impossible to open. Then there are the crooks. Some attack an ATM, using everything possible to get the cash, but rendering the machine inoperable. In some cases, a burglar messes with the hinges, sometimes removing the dial and the handle in a failed effort to open a safer vault. Or they damage it, causing anti-theft device in the safer vault to activate, freezing the door closed. McComey says, then we have bank vaults. User error where the bank vault can't be opened. That happens every week at a bank vault in this country. While a good guy now, Mikomi admits in his book, to his eternal dismay, that he used his skills in a different way in his freshman year in college. When he and his friend realized they were not prepared for the midterms, Mikomi picked the lock to a professor's door and he and his friend searched the office and found the test answers. Mikomi continued picking locks for the rest of the school year. He could open most within 20 minutes, but one night he ran into trouble with a tricky lock. Unable to open it until 3 a.m., he and his friend then discovered the test would be an essay, and they had to stay up for hours researching the subject so they could turn in different answers. That brought an end to Mikomi's capers. And Mikomi writes in his book, Some kids mature as teens and are ready for college. Clearly, I was not one, and I was lucky to have not gotten caught. It would have altered the trajectory of my life. Yeah, it certainly would have. But luckily he put that uh, skill to some good use. And if you've been living under a rock for the last week, you might have missed that lockpicking lawyer put out a video called Goodbye to Bosnian Bill. It is now official. Bosnian Bill has retired. I would like to say thank you to Bill for helping get me interested in lockpicking, and I'm sure many, many others in the Locksport community can trace their early interest in lockpicking to Bill. So I hope he feels a sense of accomplishment in what a difference he's made, and I hope he enjoys his retirement. He's earned it. Jeff and Things sent a note saying that he had reached out to Fish Picks since we haven't heard anything from him in a little while. Basically, between work as a teacher and family, he has been too busy to make his videos. If you've seen his videos, then I'm pretty sure you understand that it takes a lot of time and effort to produce those. He says he hopes to come back to the channel, but for now he has to prioritize family and career. It might be a few months before he makes it back. So, and he did give Jeff and Things permission to share that with the community. So, here's wishing the best to Fish Picks and hoping he does get a chance to come back. He may, because he makes some amazing quality videos. And following up on the story I covered last week, where Thomas OpenScan was scanning and then attempting to 3D print a working Urban Alps stealth key, we have a post called Copying the Uncopyable Stealth Key Mixed Results. He says this is a follow-up post on this one here, where I showed the initial 3D scan results, and he's got a link to the previous post. I did a total of three full scans as I wanted to refine my scanning technique. Surprisingly, only the first scan led to a working copy. I printed each scan result in various sizes to account for any printing inaccuracy. The second finding is that even though the first scan gave me working copies, those copies only worked a handful of times. I assume that the sharp edges of the pins wear out the soft plastic, 
After inserting the key several times, there were some clear marks visible and tiny chips of plastic appeared in the keyway. And of course, I have managed to break three keys, but fortunately, the extraction was quite easy as I could push the key from the back. Conclusion, it is even possible to scan and copy this key with household equipment, patience, and some luck. Quick update on Brummie's Corbin Lock. I received it last weekend, and I picked it and will be passing it on. I will let you know in next week's episode where it is going, so stay tuned for that. Moving on to a few videos that I thought were interesting this week. First off, we have a video by CLK Supplies that said, The best secret PJ didn't even know, do you? The description says, Believe it or not, PJ didn't even know this best secret. We want to know if you are as shocked as he was when he found out. Find out what best cores and Schlage keys have in common. In that video, he demonstrates that a best A key is basically the reverse of a Schlage C. There do appear to be some differences, slight differences in the profile when they show them on end, but it definitely fits in a Schlage C keyway from the backside. When watching this, I immediately remembered Deviant Olaf's video called Why Is There No Schlage D Keyway? And in that video, he goes over the history of the Schlage keyways and that the D keyway was a mirror image of the C keyway that was kept private mainly to Schlage. So it would appear that a best A key is very similar to the long-lost Schlage D. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. I'll have links to both videos from uh, CLK Supplies and the one by Deviant in the show notes in case you want to check those out and compare. Another video that was shared with me that I thought was interesting was Conan tries to get a fan to teach him how to pick locks. Evidently on his podcast, he talked with a fan who is a locksmith and he tried to convince him to pick locks and originally he seemed willing till Conan started talking about the things he would do if he could pick locks. (laughs) Then he kind of backed off. Anyway, interesting video. Of course, it's Conan, so it's funny. So you might want to check it out. Moving on to meetups. ShellCon, October 8th and 9th, Holly has put out a schedule for the lockpicking village. Currently, they have Friday starting at 11. They have lockpicking fundamentals by, I'm going to mispronounce these names, I'm sorry guys, but Edoc Dab, and then Yak Medic at 12 has 3D printed rekeyable practice lock. 1300, we have Deadlocks, Off the Cuff, a crash course in cuff escapes. 1400, Nigel Tully, Aspects of Lever Locks. 1500, Yak Medic, Covers Impressioning. 1600, Lock Picking Dev, Making Custom Lock Picks. And then Saturday at 1100, we have... Uh, I'm sorry, I always mispronounce your name and I, I don't... I can't get it right. I didn't hear a... Handmade Tools for Disc Detainer Locks. Then at 12 o'clock, we have Josh Weirs. It doesn't have a title. Being Josh, I guess, impressioning. Uh, 1300 Gravity Karma, a tour of the NATO Mercy locks. And 1400 Midnight Fellow Picker, advanced lock picking. So all those times are Pacific Standard Time. But you can go over to shellcon.io for more information on that virtual con. Then October 18th through the 22nd at the Utah Valley Convention Center in Provo, Utah, we have SaintCon. You can go to saintcon.org for more information. Lockpicking Lawyer 
was scheduled to be a keynote speaker there, as well as snow, looks like. And October 22nd through the 24th in Telford International Center at Telford, UK, we have the MLA Expo 21. You can find out more about that at locksmiths.co.uk slash MLA-expo. Links to all those will be in the show notes. And last but not least, we have Lock Camp, November 12th through the 14th, Lockhart State Park in Lockhart, Texas. You can go to lock.camp to find out more. Interesting new product was shared with me this week called Hiplock D1000, the anti-angle grinder bike lock. And this, it was shared with me from a tweet by Aaron Hamlin, who is the same person that created the bike security article that I talked about in a previous episode. And his statement was, a U-lock that weighs four pounds and lasts over 20 minutes to an angle grinder is nice. Hiplock's other products aren't exciting, but I do like their D1000 model on Kickstarter. Could be a game changer. I already like it better than the SAF and ABIS 59 Extreme. And I'll read uh, just a little selected bits from the Kickstarter page. It says, the weapon of choice for professional bicycle and motorcycle thief is the angle grinder, a motorized hand tool that can cut through any lock, no matter how big or heavy or how expensive. To date, this fundamental problem has been largely ignored by the security industry as it seemed too difficult to solve. The reason for the D1000's incredible resistance against motorized attack is a material called FerroSafe, a composite graphene material that effectively resists high-power angle grinders due to its unique chemical and physical properties. FerroSafe is a graphene-reinforced ceramic composite, a high-performing patented material that has been specifically designed to disintegrate angle grinder cutting wheels and carbide-tip drills with its unique combination of material properties. It says, you may ask why there is no tech in the D1000, connectivity, apps, keyless entry. The simple fact is that whilst we love the, the benefits of the iWorld, where it makes sense, Connectivity and electronics cannot offer a true line of defense to determined thief that can steal a bike in a few seconds. They also say that it is independently certified. They say while the D1000 breaks new ground in security performance, independent verification and certification still plays an important role in evaluating security products. During the development of the D1000, we had to ensure ultimate protection against all attack methods, not just motorized ones. Independent testing ensures all bases are covered when it comes to security value of any new product. And on the the page, there is a video demonstrating using an angle grinder on one of the locks. And it looks, that video looked quite familiar to me in, in the way it reacted with the angle grinder. So I went back and did a little research in my episode history and I found the idea for using composite materials seems very similar to one demonstrated in a video I talked about in episode 22. That was a long time ago. The video was called This Material is Nearly Uncuttable. I think the idea shows some real promise, and I look forward to some of these getting into the hands of some skilled testers for both lock picking and destructive testing to see how well they actually do hold up in the real world. But anything that can uh, stand up, really stand up to an angle grinder and bolt cutters, is going to be a huge advantage compared to the. Uh, a competition in that field. Moving on to the Lockpickers United karate belt system, we have a new purple belt. Plaz 7 earned their purple belt this week. 
and Spoon earned a brown belt this week. Do Not Duplicate earned a red belt. Congratulations to all of you. Those are no small feats. And then we have two new black belts. The first one reads, Another picker joins the rank of black belt, Mog. The locks he tackled are the Dom IX Twin Star, Urban Alps Stealth Key, Asa Twin Exclusive, 5701 Baltic variant. That's that really rare one, I believe. And Abloy Classic with a custom-made tool. For Epic Quest, he put together a very nice video on his journey through cracking a Group 2 safe dial. So congratulations to Mog. The second reads, Please welcome Strix to the dojo of Black Belt Pickers. He has picked his way through the Asa Twin 6000 with barrels, Asa Twin 2 with barrels, Asa 700 for Christmas trees, and Damai X Twin Star for an epic quest he chose to make a nice cutaway lock. And if you remember last week's announcements, you might find that name familiar. Strix was red for less than a week before earning black. So very well done. Congratulations to Strix. You just shot right up there. Nicely done. For anyone not familiar with the Lockpickers United belt system, there are links in the show notes to both the official page with all the rules as well as some videos explaining the system. You're welcome to check them out and join us in the fun. Moving on to speed locks, we have the tournament update. It says, congratulations to our third round speed locks tournament of champion winners. Below, you can see the results. Good luck to all in round four. Round four will run from October 1st to October 22nd, or 27th. So this last round, we had match one, Lemon versus PDX Cardinal 78. Lemon wins with a time of 14.481 and no entry from the opponent. In match two, Georgia Jim versus Lockolot. Lockolot wins the round with a time of 20.387 against Georgia Jim's 28.633. In match three, Heavy Metalhead versus Geek Among Us. Heavy Metalhead wins with no entry submitted by his opponent. In match four, HV Logic versus Mr. Paradise. Mr. Paradise wins the round with an amazing time of 3.7 against HV Logic's 40.640. Round 4 will feature Lemon versus Lockalot and Heavy Metalhead versus Mr. Paradise. And if Mr. Paradise can keep up times like that, he is going to be very hard to beat. So stay tuned for next month's rounds. And with that, I'd like to say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. Producers for this episode include the Patreon subscribers, those are Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave Tubidi Seifert, Pat from Uncensored Tactical, PH Picker, Three Raccoons in a Coat, Cherell, Patty Cakes, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, aka Cooltune, Mog, John Locke, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lock Picker, Real Tater, JHP Picking. Chief content producer for this episode for the second week in a row is iFisk. Thank you very much for all those wonderful stories you've been sending. Other content producers for this episode, Trill, Killigains, Good Guy, aka BNA A to Z, Holly, Jeff and Things, Jeff Moss, Jimmy Longs, Joshua Gonzalez, Lowell Forbes, Max Val, Michael Gilchrist, Panda Frog, and Tony Varelli. Thank you to all of you for your continued support. It really does help me get this show out when I'm really busy. I really, really do appreciate it. 
So just remember that this show is only possible because of the information and support of the community. So if you're getting any value out of this podcast, please help support it by sending in any scraps of news, links, giveaways, events, any information you have that's Locksport related that you think the community would benefit from knowing. Send it in to me, podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes or at thelocksportscast.com slash support. And don't forget to share the podcast with your lockpicking friends. If you are going to an in-person meetup or if you have your little group online, be sure to share the podcast with them. The more people that uh, are involved in the podcast, the more news and more important news we can get. You can leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform or a comment and thumbs up on YouTube or Odyssey. You can subscribe to the audio podcast on your favorite podcasting apps or the video version on YouTube or Odyssey. And you can donate on PayPal or subscribe on Patreon if you want to support financially. Not necessary. Greatly appreciated, but not necessary. And patrons do get a private RSS feed for the audio version of the podcast that gives them early access to episodes if that's something you're interested in. You can go to the locksportscast.com slash support for more information. If you do support the show with a donation or information I use in the show, I will give you credit in the show and on the show notes. So that's something. And still just a quick request for more Locksport journeys. I haven't seen any in the last week or so, so I'll ask another time. If you have a journey, a Locksport journey that you think is interesting, how you got started or the way you've been progressing through, send it in in a written form, or if you want, record an audio or video segment, and I can put that in the show too. Love to hear your stories, and especially anything that has to do with how the community has supported you as you've gone through it. And if you want to send general feedback, you can go to locksportscast.com slash contact. Feedback can be kept confidential if you ask me to, or I can share it on the show. Your choice. You're welcome to submit a note, video, or audio recording. Just remember to keep it reasonable length, polite, work and family safe, no politics, and not just drama. And I'll try to get it on the show. Our locksmith story this week, I'm not sure the original source of. I kind of lost track of where that was. It was one that was sent in to me. Um, I believe by Lowell Forbes says, I'm a locksmith. I was in the shop one day and a customer was getting some keys copied. It was a nice, simple job. Suddenly, while I've got the machine running, some shirtless guy comes in looking really frantic. I tell him it'll be just a minute longer. Then I finish the keys and send the customer on his way. Frantic dude. Geez, you took long enough. I need to come unlock my car. I'm already a little annoyed since it's almost closing time, but I figure he's got a kid, dog, groceries, something in the car, and I give him benefit of the doubt. So I say, no problem. Where is it? He says, a couple of miles away. My girlfriend drove me over here. You can follow us to it. I get some info from him, the kind of car it is, his name, number, address, in case we get separated, etc. The customer says, my phone's in the car, so if you call it, I won't answer. I say, then how about your girlfriend's number? Hers is in there too. Well, okay then. Since it's pretty much closing time, I just go ahead and set the alarm, lock the doors to the store as I leave. He doesn't like this and starts saying how it's taking forever. Yeah, yeah, take a chill pill. I get in my truck and follow him out there. When we get there, I grab my tools and head to his car. I take one look and instantly feel something is off. Surprisingly, there's nothing in there except for the keys, no kids or dogs, so now I'm just hoping it's actually their car. Customer says, you'd better not mess up my doors, this is a classic. I open it in about 10 seconds, check the insurance card, yep, it's their car. 
I pick up the keys and go over to him, tell him it's $40. He just looks at me dumbfounded. Wait, you mean I have to pay for this? Yes, sir. We charge for a service call when we have to go out on location. Well, I'm not paying for that. You did it in 10 seconds. I could have done that myself if I'd known. Well, I'm sorry, but I can't do this for free. To be honest, I could have, but there was no real urgency, like a life endangered. Plus, he was rude about the whole thing. Also, we normally would just bill someone in the situation, but we've been burned a few too many times, so we only do that for companies now. He says, I'm not paying for that. I don't have any money. Then I get an ingenious idea. Then, if you think you can do it yourself, go for it. I throw the keys back in the car, lock the doors, and shut them behind me, and leave. I get home 10 minutes later, then after probably an hour, he calls back, I can't get it open. Come back and open my car again. I say, I can go out again, but I'll have to charge you for two service calls. Screw you, I'm not paying you 80 bucks. Then you can call the other locksmith nearby. I'm sure he'll be happy to come out. Click. I didn't tell him, but they charge $100 to unlock cars. Never heard back from him. Ah, gotta love customers. Moving on to lockpicking criminals, this story is out of Memphis, Tennessee from ABC24. Wanted. Suspect stole $16,000 worth of car keys from Memphis locksmith. Says Memphis police are looking for a man they say broke into a local locksmith shop and stole thousands of dollars worth of keys. Officers were called to a burglary at Techno Lock Keys about 3.30 a.m. Wednesday, September 29th. They say a man broke in the glass on the front door to get inside, then stole about $16,000 worth of Dodge, Ford, and Lincoln keys. Investigators said the keys were individually wrapped in clear Ziploc bags and labeled with the make and model, which were mostly high-end vehicles. Police said the suspect had been in the passenger side of a dark-colored Infiniti sedan before the break-in. There's no information on who was driving. And in Highland Township, Michigan, from MLive.com, written by Justin Lofton, police arrest four in connection with theft of high-end vehicles worth $330,000. Three Detroit men and a teen boy have been arrested in connection with the thefts of four high-end vehicles worth $330,000 from a Michigan car dealership, the Associated Press reports. Vehicle key fobs were stolen from an office at the Highland Township dealership On Wednesday, September 29th, the Oakland County Sheriff's Office said two of the vehicles were driven out through the showroom's glass wall. All four vehicles, a 21 Dodge Durango Hellcat SRT, a 21 Dodge Durango GT, a 21 Dodge Ram TRX, and a 2017 Dodge Charger Hellcat SRT have been recovered. An auto theft unit tracked the Durango Hellcat worth $100,000 to Birmingham. Police said the driver attempted to flee and crashed into a brick wall. He and two passengers were arrested. The 15-year-old brother of one of the men was later arrested. Police recovered $5,800, a loaded semi-automatic handgun with an extra magazine holding 30 rounds, a computer device used to reprogram key fobs from the Durango. It is believed that the men did not steal the vehicle but purchased it for $5,000. However, they are believed to be involved in a commercial auto theft ring, police said. Interesting. Drove right through the glass. That's like a Gone in 60 Seconds style stuff right there. Kind of high risk, though. A little high profile. (laughs) 
for sales this week. We've got two from Peterson Locksmith Tools. So thinkpeterson.com. They have a code for October that is L877022R. Good for 20% off a minimum purchase of $50 or more. And if you didn't catch what that code was, there will be a link in the show notes. Also, they appear to still have some of their hydrometer rubber picks that they were doing a closeout sale on. So you can still check those out. And over at Matt's Lock Pit, they still appear to be having a sale on the custom-made picks that he makes. Don't know when that's going to expire, but it is still active, according to their site, as of this recording. And if you head over to 3DLockSport.com, you can still get 10% off with the code LSCAST10. Mako Locks, 15% off with the code BUYMAKO. I didn't check it today. I'm tired of checking them over and over again. You guys let me know if it doesn't work. UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIFT. Again, I didn't check it. Hopefully it works. Moving on to giveaways. Practically nothing shared with me. Well, really, nothing shared with me for this month yet. So we have the ongoing hashtag LockBoss giveaway from CLK Supplies. And of course, the Lock Sportscast monthly giveaway for either custom pack lock 100A or a 20 hour gift code from Hooligan Keys. I know, I know, I know. I'm four months behind. It's pretty obvious I can't keep up. That's why this is ending as of December. That's the last one. I'm not going to promise to do any more. And I am going to get this uh, video done. I'm hoping to do it. Well, hopefully it'll be out before you see this because I'm hoping to do it tomorrow morning after I finish editing this. And remember to send me any information you have that's Locksport related. Even if you don't think it's important, it might just be the bit of information that I need. I really appreciate all the support. You don't know how hard this show would be without all of the information that you guys send in every week. I really, really do appreciate it. Please, please, please keep it up. Don't uh, don't back off now just because you think other people are doing it. I really, really do need the help. Thank you. And remember to keep it legal. Legal.